you'll see that a mother came to experience a miracle. And I pray the Holy Spirit will appropriate these simple lessons to our hearts today so that we'll step into his purpose for our life too. So firstly, notice there was a despair. In verse 1, the wife of the man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha. The word in the original language of the Old Testament for that word cried means to weep uncontrollably or to shriek in grief. Wow. The circumstances of life at times can draw from our inner being on occasion something that is almost overwhelming. She was heartbroken, afraid, as we heard earlier in the worship, and utterly bereft. Because secondly, there was a debt. The wife of the man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord, but now the creditors are coming to take my boys as slaves. So here was a man that was from the company of the prophets. And if you read Kings, you'll find that the company of the prophets or the school of the prophets is described on numbers of occasions. It's quite possible that Elisha was a personal friend of the man that had gone to eternity. We don't get all the detail. He was clearly a godly man, a man that loved his Lord, a man that revered and sought out the purposes of God. But for whatever reason, when he died, maybe died suddenly, maybe died unexpectedly, but he left a debt that the wife could not pay. And the problem with debt, friends, is that it always demands a payment. The bailiffs were offering, offering. in Jewish community law, if a debt couldn't be paid, then it was appropriate for sons to be taken from the house and to serve in another family. You can read about it in Leviticus 25. As payment for that which can't be appropriated through ordinary means. Debt, something that is owed, a liability, an obligation. Did you realize, friends, that the national debt of the United Kingdom is 1.4 trillion pounds? That's one, four, and then 11 zeros. 1.4 trillion pounds. Did you know that personal debt across the United Kingdom sits at this particular time at 1.168 billion pounds? That's 5,800 pounds for every household in the UK. You say, oh, Phil, I've not got any problems with any of that. I'm very sort of careful how I deal with my finances. I've not got any debts. I want to say that outside of Jesus Christ, you may not be responsible for the national debt. And you may not have a personal debt, but you have a spiritual debt. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death, and the gift of God is eternal life. And the Bible says that we've all fallen short of God's glory. There is a debt in our lives. The old-fashioned word for it, but still relevant today, is sin. Where we have racked up debt by doing things that don't please a holy God. And it is utterly unpayable by ourselves. A little bit later on, Christians are going to invite people to respond to Jesus. And why he spoke so warmly and passionately about Jesus just a few moments ago, it's because Jesus, friends, invaded this world. He came as a babe. 
He lived a perfect life. And in two or three weeks' time, we're going to celebrate again in one of our great calendar weekends the death and resurrection of Jesus. One of the reasons he came was to pay the debt. Redemption means to bring us back to God by the payment of a price that we, however good or bad we are, could never fulfill in our own efforts. Thirdly, there was a devotion. Where did the woman go to when she fell at the end of the line? Maybe like lots of people today, she ran to pills. And the consumption, friends, of pills to meet the deepest needs of people's hearts in our nation is utterly mind-boggling. Maybe she ran to some potion. Maybe she looked for some quick fix. But the reality is, friends, that none of those things were going to meet the needs. One of the reasons that we want to welcome people as to wherever they're at in life to Arena Church is because we never know what God is doing in people's lives, apart from understanding that God is always breaking into people's lives and changing them forever. If I can use a male illustration for a moment, I was driving back from Birmingham the other Thursday night late. I got the Radio 4 News on, and there was a guy on, and it was an incredibly moving expression of his life because he got into that debt situation, and it became so overwhelming for him that he stood on the edge of a four-story car park and thought, this is the only way I'm going to end it. For some reason, he made one more phone call to somebody that helped him. And he was able to talk coherently and articulately about how his life had began to turn around. And then the statistic, in the 45 to 59 age group of males that I'm in, still, just... The Office of National Statistics in 2013, the latest figures that we have, there were over 6,000 men in the United Kingdom that said they couldn't cope with it anymore. It took their lives. And here's the question today. Where are you running to? Where are you running to? This woman had a devotion in her heart to go back to the man of God. She cried out to him with everything that came out of her inner being and said, can you help? Because here's what happens. When we're in our most extreme need, when we're at our lowest point, the enemy who seeks to steal and to kill and to destroy sometimes comes with an overwhelmingly accusing little voice and says, you know what, God doesn't care about you. You might as well end it. You might as well finish it. Why are you bothering with even being a, a part of those people? He doesn't care about you. And it is a complete lie. Because God always cares to the extent, friends, that he says in, in the New Testament, if we will cast our care upon him, he will care for us. And I implore you this morning, on this special morning, not to run from God, but to, to him. Whatever the situation, whatever the experience, whatever the trial, whatever the context, and let's see what the Lord will do. Fourthly, there was a directive See, prophets give direction. That's part of their gift. They bring the word of the Lord into people's lives. They see what other people can't see. They hear what other people can't hear. They feel what other people can't feel. It's a powerful gift. And the prophet gave a directive. It seems strange. He says, I want you to go out, a public expression. I want you to, he says, where well, you got in the house? 
She has nothing. And then she had a second thought. She says, that's all we've got. That's all that's left. <clears throat> Maybe today, friends, eat six slices of bread. Or a can of, be- a, a, a can of beans. Or a few biscuits. Literally, on the doorstep of our church, people are there today. All she had was a little jar of oil. And he said to her, okay. That's what you've got. How many of us know, friends, where God can take hold of something that seems so small and use it in an amazingly big way? And we need to think big or we're always limiting. So he says, I want you to go out with your boys. I want you to knock on the neighbor's doors. I want you to gather vessels, pots, and pans. And I want you then to bring them back to shut the door. And I want you to begin to pour the oil into the pots and pans. There were two or three things taking place here. Number one, there was an erasing of her faith. How many of us think, friends, that when we're in a jam, we can get out of it? And there are things that only God can do. You see, even the situation of the spiritual debt problem, there is no doubt about it that all around the area where we live, there are some lovely, lovely people. Good neighbors, hardworking, industrious pay the tax, just great people, polite, say morning to them, say morning to them, want to make some sort of difference in the community. But here's the truth. When we're confronted with how much God loves us, with how holy he is, and how much we've fallen short of him, we have to give away our ability to try and fix our relationship with God in our own strength. We can never do it. However good or bad we are, We have to erase our sense of self-faith and express faith in the word of the Lord that comes to our lives. And that's exactly what the lady did. She went out publicly. Maybe there were a few of the neighbors sniggering. Oh, oh, wonder what's going off here then. Yeah, you can have the pans. Don't forget to wash them when your oil's filled up. Cynicism. Not expecting a miracle. She pressed through all of that. And maybe you're here today, and the thing that forever stops you pressing into God is what everybody else is going to think. I want to tell you, it doesn't matter. When God has spoken to you, he's drawing a response from you. And then privately, when all the pots and pans were gathered, no doubt two inquisitive boys were saying, so what's going to happen now, man? Well, God's sort of spoken, and uh, he sort of told us to do this. But why? Um, Well, because um, we've got a debt. But why? And that why question can become like the proverbial cotton wool ball, can't it? Why? 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 She says, well, let's just shut the door. And let's just trust God. And with all the pots and pans in place, she began to pour. I want to say, friends, that total dependency on God is always a hallmark faith. Absolutely at the end of the line herself, only God. Only God. And lastly, there was a deliverance. She began to pour and pour and pour and pour. And all the vessels were miraculously filled with beautiful olive oil. Until eventually, the lad said, Mom, there's no jars left. And then the oil 
stopped. There's never a limit to the oil. You know, it's a symbol of the Spirit, don't you? There's never a limit to the oil, friends. The pouring of the oil is determined by the availability of the vessel. The Bible says that God pours into us through jars of clay. He says that we can become vessels fit for the master's use. I wonder if you're a believer today, but you've never given all of the vessel to God. God says, if you'll give all of the vessel to me, I'll fill it with all of the oil that you need. In ancient times, oil was a valuable commodity. Remember Mary pouring the oil on the feet of Jesus? A year's wages wasted in a moment. And people would sometimes gather it and use it as a, a form of savings. And so the oil stopped flowing. She went to the man of God and told him what had happened. He says, okay, now go and sell the oil and pay off your debts and listen to the superabundance of God's provision. And then you and your sons can live on what is left. Isn't God amazing? He didn't just meet the needs. He more than met the needs. So as I close, on this beautiful, special day, what a great picture of a great mum from ancient times. Are you at the end of the line? Does it seem as though there's nowhere to go on this celebratory day? Let's not forget about the one that makes it all possible. He came to a woman, a mother, who had an unpayable debt. And he met the needs in full and more. I wonder today if you can find your way to Jesus. I wonder today if each one of us can freshly surrender all of what we've got to the Lord. That he would totally fill it in every way. And then just like the mother of old, we too can know a miracle. God did it that day. And perhaps just today, he wants to do exactly the same for you. Doing something that no one else can.